Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, welcome, fellow Awareness Explorers. We're happy and honored that you can join us for another exploration of the far reaches of our consciousness. I'm Jonathan Robinson, and I'm here with my trusty co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And we're going to be talking about into the body of awareness and the relationship of the body to awareness and awakening and awakening to the body and all things related to that. So I often ask as a beginning, when we use the topic into the body, what first comes to mind for you, Brian? Well, I think of it as an exploration into our direct experience of the body. And in a context of a past that has sometimes neglected the body. I know personally, uh, you know, growing up as a, a fat kid who was teased, I, I often thought of my body as something that I didn't really want to think about. And then growing up in a religious background where the body is looked down upon and scorned. And then even in later spiritual practices, some focus only on activities that ignore the body or say you are not the body, which of course is true. But if we ignore it, we're missing out on a wonderful opportunity to bring ourselves into the present moment and into awareness by direct experience of our body. What I've noticed being in the uh, quote awareness biz for 25 years, I've never said that term awareness biz. Um, <laughs> for a bunch of years is that the spiritual practices tend to change over time and what is emphasized changes. So 25 years ago or 30 years ago, there wasn't much focus on the body. And like what you said, you know, it was kind of, you're not the body, but now there's a lot of what are often called somatic practices. Uh, last time we talked about, some somatic practices of going into the body, feeling what's there. And wherever I go now, things like that are emphasized. And I think Eckhart Tolle helped to bring that about in that he talked about the inner body or the pain body and that it's helpful to focus on the moment-to-moment -moment sensations within you and that that's a big change that has kind of snuck into a lot of people's spirituality and practices. Yes, that's true. And speaking of Eckhart Tolle, it's interesting because he talks about the five portals into the unmanifested. And they're the now, which is, of course, his first book, The Power of Now, talks about a lot. And Stop Thinking is one of his portals where you just simply focus on the nonverbal aspect of your experience and silence, out of which sound is born and to which it returns, and the space 
in which all things appear, which is the essence of all things, which is emptiness, and surrender, which is letting go of resistance to what is, and the inner body, going deeply into the body. And the great thing about that is that when you do that, you have to be present in the now. You are experiencing what's appearing, what sensations are appearing in your body right now. And you, wherever you go, your body is usually with you uh, yeah. on your best days anyways. Yes, on your best days, it's there. You know, I used to really avoid my body as a practice and, you know, just hope it takes care of itself as best it can. But as I get older, you have to actually spend more time with the body. And it's become part of my spirituality rather than like a hindrance. And 20 years ago, I actually started to have some severe back pain. So I got to be a unvolunteer, unvolunteering recipient of using pain as a spiritual method. And usually uh, people do not go into that method with great excitement and surrender. They go in kicking and screaming, as did I. But it ended up being a great teacher because if you have a big story about your pain, then you're really in trouble. But if you can just be with the sensations and not create a whole story around it, it makes it a lot easier. And eventually I learned to ask myself, what is this trying to teach me? And using pain almost as a spiritual teacher that way and learning to listen to my intuition, learning what my body needed. And that led to a whole new relationship with my body. That's wonderful. And I think the key element that you said, which I think is so important and right, is letting go of the story about your pain, whether it be physical pain or emotional pain. Our story about it is really the cause of the suffering and not the actual pain itself. It's the idea that it shouldn't be here. The idea that what is arising right now somehow should not be. And when we look at it and say, okay, let's get curious. What is this? What does it feel like? What does it look like if I were to imagine it? Would it have a color, a shape? This brings us out of the story and into the direct experience. Which is always changing. You're in then the flow That's of, right. of experience, which can only be seen through now awareness. Yes, it's only now. I know a lot of people, you know, I, I want to have compassion for people who experience pain. And it's a lot of people nowadays, you know, we have this opioid epidemic from people trying to get rid of pain. And uh, I don't want to make light of pain having been through this at one point, but it really is a very severe teacher and learning to use it kind of takes a certain warrior mentality of being in the now. Mm -hmm. And that's one aspect of it, but also the aspect of potentially seeing that there's undone stuff in you that is leading to pain. 
you know, a lot of people have these mystery diseases now, whether it be chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. And I think that I'm no doctor, but I think that these things do have lessons for us to get maybe obstacles we haven't dealt with that are kind of drawing our attention to working on ourselves in a way that we are we become free of certain obstacles what do you think well i think there's a slight danger in that in that we start to blame ourselves we start to think well what did i do that caused this illness which is simply more story so i agree that it can be a catalyst for looking inside and it can be a catalyst of uh, a catalyst for growth as a matter of fact practically all spiritual pursuit stem from suffering of some kind or another and the desire to relieve it but i would just warn people not to get too involved in some idea about whether you caused this or brought this about yourself and simply look into the nonverbal physical experience of it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, you know, we can get into blaming ourselves. And sometimes as you look into it, the, it may have nothing to do with you. You know, it may have something to do with a chemical in your environment. Or my personal story was I went to 15 doctors and they said my spine was screwed up. I should have back surgery. I didn't want to do that. So I ended up going to a chiropractor who just kind of sensed my energy and said the problem was that your mom was smoking three packs a day while you were in her womb, which wow. was true. I didn't know how he knew that. And he gave me homeopathy. And within two weeks, I was 90% better. Wow. You know, so, so the world is a mystery. And Sometimes it may have something to do with, God knows, a past life or a chemical or your mom smoked while you were in her womb or something like that. And uh, yet it's a teacher nonetheless because it definitely makes you put more of a priority on the body. And in this culture, we're very heady. And I think being able to explore the body, uh, become friends with it, and to focus on the moment-to-moment -moment sensations is something that we all could really use. Yes, that's right. And apart from physical pain, I think it's really important to talk about emotional pain because we, a lot of people, and I, this used to be true for me too, I didn't actually think of emotions as physical. And they mm -hmm. really are. They're simply chemicals coursing through your body and you sense them. And the reason that we don't is again, because we spin a story about them. And when you just, when you're having an emotion, particularly one that you don't want or you deem as negative, and you stop spinning the story about it, but you look at where in the body am I feeling this? and where in the body am I tensing against it? Then you're brought right into the now, right into the experience, right into the direct experience. And if you can somehow ease that clutching against the emotion and allow it to be, then it flows through you and out as opposed to sticking around in some endless whirlpool. Very well said. I found that 
certain parts of my body are almost always tense a little bit. Mm -hmm. So all I have to do is like, think about my jaw. Is my jaw tight now? And 99 out of 100 times, the answer is yes. And then I relax my jaw. And a lot of times, the rest of my body kind of lets go with that one simple gesture. And I found that a lot of people have this, where they have one part of their body that kind of creates this sense of meanness or I-ness through life. And if you can relax that, it really helps with the letting go into the background of awareness or the sense of presence that happens when your body is more fully relaxed. Well, I can certainly corroborate that. And I think that's uh, really good, especially if you really know what is your habitual spot of tension, um, like your jaw or your shoulders. And when you know that, that that's the first one to usually tense up and you just let that go. You're so right. It's like you pull a thread out and all the other muscles start to let go as well. It can be a chain reaction. Yeah. And just the simple act of relaxing different parts of your body. I know you have some awareness games that are like that, where, you know, focus on some part that's tense, let it go. Focus on another part that tends to let it go until eventually your mind tends to follow the body. So if your body's relaxed, the mind kind of becomes less clingy or needy or uh, upset. And soon what opens up is the natural awareness that we are. Oh, that's such a good point. The mind follows the body in relaxation. I love that. Yeah, yeah when I realized that it kind of changed where I put my focus because a lot of meditations are, you know, try to get the mind to quiet the hell down. <laughs> uh -huh. How's that and working my, for you? It hasn't worked as well as I had wanted to. So, um, so now it's more, let the body relax and unwind and the mind, the thoughts, just kind of float by, they become less sticky. Mm -hmm. And then they don't really bother me. Uh, so it's a it's a different approach. And, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of, of the podcast, in the last five years, I see so much focus on somatic practices, you know, that now it's almost taken a full turn where people are saying that's that's the way, you know, that's that's the only way. And it went from, you know, forget the body to the body is everything to some extent in the books that I've been reading. And I think that different people need different things at different times. Uh, some of my friends who are so focused on the body and every sensation, I want to tell them, forget the body for five minutes, you know, uh, focus mm -hmm. on something else. So it's all a matter of balance. But I think it's good that our culture has moved us more in the direction of the body. You know, we have, now have practices like yoga and Tai Chi at my gym. Uh, a lot of people are going to the gym. And I think that this is all good. You just have to figure out what is most useful for you at this point on your journey. That's absolutely right. And different people are different. And 
the same person might be different on different days or different months. Mm-hmm. If they're really doing a lot of thinking and, and the stories are just spinning away in their head, then just drop below the neck. Drop your attention below into your body and sense it, and that can really bring you into the now. But if you're completely obsessed with your body and your body image, then it might be a good idea to ask some self-inquiry questions like, who has a body? Mm -hmm. Who experiences my body? Is it my body or something larger than your body? Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember uh, I was listening to Ken Wilber, the great spiritual theorist, and somebody asked him a question about meditation. And he answered in a way that really got my attention. He said, the most effective thing I've ever done to improve my meditation is weightlifting. (laughs) What a surprise. And my mind just kind of, you know, went, you know, like, what? Uh, and so I started to do more weightlifting. And I've noticed that as my body feels better and stronger, I do seem to go deeper into meditation. And I'm not sure why, but maybe that was something that was previously out of balance. I was more like a, a walking mind with legs. Um, <laughs> that now that my I am more in my body, I can more embody meditation. Well, it just goes to show you that uh, things that we think are separate are really all interconnected. Yeah, yeah, everything is interconnected, which brings me to another topic, which is sickness in the body. Now, I personally do not like getting sick. Uh, I'm sure there might be a couple other awareness explorers out there who share my view. (laughs) And um, I've noticed when I am sick, any awakening practice or any meditation becomes almost impossible to do. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have noticed that particularly. Yes, pain and discomfort can be a real obstacle. And it takes a certain amount of energy to become aware of awareness or to become present. And if your body is sick or weak, it is harder. So that's another reason to take really good care of one's body. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfortunate because a lot of people are sick or weak, and it would be nice to be able to just be in the moment but it is from my experience and your experience uh, a lot harder it is harder and i think one of the reasons that it's harder is because it's very hard to escape the tendency even the subconscious tendency when you're in pain or when you're sick and you do spiritual practices such as meditation or self-inquiry or awareness practices to do them with the idea that this is going to get rid of this physical pain and suffering. And whenever I've done awareness practices with the idea of getting rid of what I'm feeling now, it simply doesn't work. But when I 
do it with the idea that, okay, number one, I'm going to relax. Number two, I'm going to allow whatever is arising to be exactly as it is. And then, number three, I'm going to return my attention to the field that this is all appearing in. Then it becomes a little bit easier. However, that said, I have to admit that if I'm in pain or I'm feeling bad or I'm ill, my favorite method is distraction. Uh-huh. And sleep. Sleep distraction, read a good book, do a puzzle, watch TV. That stuff is, is really good. So there, you shouldn't get down on yourself for knowing that that's effective. But at the same time, when you have, when you have a moment to look inside and ask these questions, what is this experience appearing in? Then I think that can be really helpful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To the extent that you can do that and and if you can't, don't get down in yourself because right. the fact that you can't, that's what's arising now too. Mm -hmm. In fact, it never ends. Accepting exactly what's arising now never ends. Even if you're not accepting what's arising now, you have to accept the fact that you're not accepting what's arising now. It's just an endless um progression but it can actually be a joyful progression yeah i like the title of a book uh teacher matt con wrote which is whatever arises love that good title i like uh how in four words it's a good method too yeah including one's self-dislike or self-criticism yes you know uh one time in my life, I was very into self-criticism. I read in a book that if you're really good at get into self-criticism, appreciate how well you are able to do that. Uh -huh. And I kind of cut off the cycle. Like, wow, I'm really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> if we had an Olympics of self-criticism, I could, <laughs> I could win this. <laughs> yep, I've been there. But, you know, it was interesting is it kind of short circuited that uh, mental loop. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who have body pain or difficulty, they get into a mental loop of self-criticism or disliking their body. Yes. And it's one of those loops that can be hard to get out of because, you know, the pain can be can be ongoing. That's right. So what, what you have any secrets on how to get out of one of those mental loops if you've ever been sick or in pain? <laughs> um, try to focus on the experience non-verbally without labeling it in any way, because it's usually the labeling of it. And that leads to the idea that this thing that I've just, that I've just labeled shouldn't be that's really where the suffering is. I mean, there's an old saying, and we've heard it a million times, but it's so true. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Yeah. And suffering is the idea that pain shouldn't be. And part of the label is, what does this pain mean? 
So when I was experiencing a lot of back pain, it meant that uh, my career was over because I was a professional speaker. It meant that I uh, couldn't, you know, I had visions that I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I wanted to do in life. It meant that I was going to be unhappy forever. Blah, 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 blah. And did it mean any of that? Uh, of course not. My mind is very good at creating meanings that are completely inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if there was an Olympics of that, I think I would be in the running. <laughs> um, so we never know what something means in the future. And being able to just be with it, as you say, non-verbally and even wonder, well, what could be good that comes of this? You know, so now I've taken much better care of my body. I work out more. I believe that miracles can happen, like this chiropractor who managed to figure out what was wrong. And I have a whole different relationship with my body. Uh, but when we're in pain, we usually don't ask what could be good about this. It's true, we don't. But if you ask that often enough, it becomes habitual and it might occur to you when, when you're in pain as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, Eckhart Tolle's uh, term, the inner body and the pain body. Because in a way that in this case, it can create some separation between you being your awareness and it being something that is around your awareness. And he'll often suggest that people feel into their body or do something to feel the sensation. But all these things are in a certain way, both getting into the body and not identifying with it in the way that we normally do. Yeah, I think not identifying with it is uh, is really key. Um, but it's difficult because most people do. I mean, most people think of themselves as a body and inside the body is housed their mind and their soul and their personality. And so it's all really wrapped up. But we know, I mean, even science tells us that, you know, our, our blood um, processes, uh, our heart beats so that the blood can, can flow through our body and exchange iron, which was created by exploding stars, and we breathe oxygen, which has been created from plants. I mean, we are completely connected with the world. There, there is no way we can actually separate our bodies from its surrounding. They just simply doesn't exist. They're porous. The environment flows in and out of our bodies all the time. So um, even, even just from a scientific point of view, we're not our bodies or we're not only our bodies. And mm -hmm. from a spiritual point of view, when we imagine that our awareness is not necessarily only ours, that is housed inside a little box inside our bodies, but perhaps 
might be something larger, something more universal looking out through our bodies, then we start to lose the rigid identification with the body and start to connect with all there is. And when we do that, um, we start to connect with the love, which is at the root of all existence. And it's so important to invest in the time, energy, maybe even money to do that because uh, I got bad news for you, Brian. Oh yeah. Someday your body is going to get sick and die. I, I didn't want to break it to you on air. Not but, mine. Um, yeah. No, Maybe no. yours. Yeah, no, yours too. Oh, I call, it's so funny. I was just talking to my sister last night and she said, none of us get out of this alive. Yeah, 100% mortality rate so far. <laughs> I, I Sometimes when I do workshops, I say, um, one of the reasons why I'm such a wild and crazy guy to the extent that I am and, and really go for it in life to the extent that I do is I found out recently that I have a terminal disease. <laughs> you know, I don't have much time. I have this disease called life. And so far it has a hundred percent death rate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, there's limited time and with, knowing that we're going to all get sick and die, it's a good investment to not put all your identification with your body. Because that is, is a downbound train. <laughs> <You know>? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the future doesn't look so great. Um, luckily, there's a part of us that is immortal, that is free, and it deserves a little bit more time. Yes, absolutely. And that is why we call our podcast Awareness Explorers, because when we explore awareness itself and realize that our experience of the body is something that's happening in awareness, then then we can connect with that larger thing that perhaps is immortal and isn't just simply going to die. Yeah. So the body is both a a method to this awareness and a potential help to uh, help us to get to a place of presence if used properly and if not used properly it's a thing that gets us uh, to be very vain and focused on superficial things like how do i look uh, right now and and um, can become indulgence and a hindrance. So it's all a matter of how you use the body and what your relationship to it is. Yes. And there's another thing about the body, um, which is interesting. I was listening to a video by Lisa Cairns, who's a spiritual teacher that I admire. And uh, she had a, a video called The Body is the World. And I thought that was really intriguing. Um, and her basic idea is that if you take each of the senses and look at them like hearing, we're hearing sounds outside, but where are we hearing them? We're hearing them inside. And there's never a sound that we ever hear that happens that we experience outside of ourselves. And the same with sight and touch and taste and smell that all experience happens 
within us. There is never an experience that any of us has that is actually out there in the world. Everything that we mm -hmm. experience happens within us. And when we focus on that and imagine that, we start to realize that maybe this boundary where experiencing stops, where we stop and the world begins, is a lot less rigid. It's, it's, it, it shifts, it's porous, and perhaps might not even really be there. Hmm. Yeah, I like that metaphor. Everything we experience is through the body and it is part of everything. Right. Well, I don't think we're going to be able to top that for wisdom, so maybe we should uh, go into a meditation. Okay, sure. But I bet you we could try. But, well, we'll save it for another episode. Yes. So what do you have for us? Okay, so um, this is a meditation called Into the Body, subtitled Feeling Your Body from Inside and Outside. So, let's go. Get comfortable. Relax. Close your eyes. And take a couple of slow, easy, deep breaths. Gradually turn your attention from the outside world to your inner world. Notice what's happening inside you, your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations. Turn your attention from your thoughts and your emotions to your actual physical sensations, to the inner sense of your body. See if you can feel your body from the inside. Notice any contractions or tensions you might be experiencing. Just notice them. No need to do anything about them, at least for now. Scan your body from the inside, from head to toe, and see if you can notice whatever sensations and experiences you're having without labeling them with words in the mind. Just notice pure sensation. Perhaps there's a tingling in your hands or your legs or elsewhere. Perhaps there's a feeling of pressure or weight against the chair or floor. Focus on the feeling of the sensation itself.
Visualize any and all of these sensations as abstract, wordless patterns of experience, like a field of dots or vibrations. Get curious about what they feel like when you don't label them with words. Just pure, direct sensation. Notice the field of awareness in which all these patterns of sensation appear. See if you can get a sense that you are that field of awareness in which all of these patterns of sensations appear. Play with the feeling that the sensations happen in a space that surrounds your body, that's a little bigger than and outside of your body. See if you can get a sense that you are that space that surrounds your body. Imagine that space that surrounds your body growing and including all that's in your awareness right now, all the sensations, all the sounds, all the emotions, all the smells, tastes, and images that appear in your mind's eye. Imagine that the space that surrounds your body is growing even more and including all there is. Imagine that all there is that you can notice, that you can sense, that you can feel, including the entire world and including your body itself, is appearing in this space that's growing and expanding and is the true you. Be that. Be that awareness. Be the world.
Now, take another easy, deep breath. And when it feels comfortable, open your eyes. I love body meditations like that. Yeah, me too. Speaking of which, uh, we have a bunch of meditations at awarenessexplorers.com. And they're all free. And they're all different. So you get 40 different tastes of meditations. Feel free to tell friends and family about that because it's a nice and free resource. And um, I think a very useful one if you want to become present and awaken to your true nature. Yeah, and they're all on awarenessexplorers.com. You can download the audio if you want. And they're all on YouTube too. If you look up meditations from Awareness Explorers, you can find them all there as well. Thanks for doing all that technical work, Brian, because God knows it wouldn't happen through me. <laughs> well, it's kind of fun, actually. Uh-huh. I, I call that your opinion. <laughs> That's true. It's only my <laughs> opinion, and we all know what my opinion is worth. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was great. And, you know, I would encourage our listeners to try these little somatic practices of going into sensation and really taking on some of these tools and see what it does for you if, if that hasn't been part of your practice. And feel free to email us or hire us for awareness coaching or donate or tell your friends or do reviews or all the things I always say at the end. And anything you want to add, Brian? No, just thanks so much for, uh, for uh, being the anchor for this. It was really fun talking to you about this. Yeah, I always enjoy our explorations. And hopefully our audience does too. So as always, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.